Welcome back to Cordon Lowry, episode number 95. 95 of things, getting five weeks away, just a month away from 100 episodes of Cordon Lowry. Sam, coming at us, you know, from the new house. Yeah. The other side of Providence Plantation. Sam, how's it going on this? It's a pretty warm Tuesday here in Charlotte. It is. I, I was hoping it'd be a little cooler, but, um, you know, it's all right. And we're in that weird phase of, you know, 40 degrees in the morning. And then you're 80 degrees in the afternoon, but you know, just wait until like November 5th and you get that like 45 degree day. I mean, that's just how it goes here. Um, but question of the day, Mr. Sam Carter, Sam, if I, you had to give me one week of the year that has the best weather, what week is that week that you give me to you? Best weather to you? Um, I'm going to say, you know, in Charlotte. Thanksgiving week. Um, Thanksgiving, that's cold. That's a, that's a little bit cold for my liking. Usually, it's pretty warm though. I mean, we're getting like, we're getting like sixty. At the that's, at the warmest. Okay. I'm gonna say my ideal temperature week is probably like April, like seventh, like right around end of the NCAA tournament, like a like a a humid like seventy. Ugh. Because then it's like, you know, I'm wearing a short sleeve shirt. It's a little bit hot. And, um, you know, that's just how it is. But, you know, I don't love the same weather that everybody else does. But not important. Let's break down a little MLB. Jack Cole is not with us again. You know, he said he was just too hurt by the loss of the Dodgers to really talk baseball but until next season. I mean, that's understandable. Uh, but the Astros sweep the Yankees' dominant pitching performance from the Astros' bullpen. I think they allow like, something like a 0.6 ERA there. In the National League, uh, Bryce Harper hits a go-ahead home run to send the Phillies to the World Series as they beat the Padres 4-1. to And we have a Astros-Phillies World Series. Sam, who will you be cheering for? Definitely not the Astros, so I guess the Phillies. Not my first choice uh, for the World Series, but, you know, the lesser of two evils, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, Philadelphia is really just exploding right now. You know, I've got the Sixers in title contention. Uh, the Eagles are 6-0, and and then the Phillies are in the World Series. Um, so, I mean, everything is just kind of culminating for the city of Philadelphia. But knowing them, they might as well just, you know, have all of these never turn out and, you know, have, you know, all these teams just fade into nothingness and we forget this amazing year of Philadelphia sports. Um, but game one starts on Friday night at 8.03 p.m. Reminder that the Astros will have the home field advantage and also in the MLB 2-3-2 format. So uh, the Phillies will host games 3, 4, and 5 if necessary. And uh, that's about it. You know, key matchups look for Jose... Uh, Altuve, I mean, he's got to get it going. You know, he had a, a, something like a 1-0 for 19 start. I mean, uh, to start the playoffs, he's just played terribly. Um, so he's got to get that going. Bryce Harper has to be the hero for the Phillies. Um, Phillies, they got a solid bullpen. You know, how can they match up? You know, they were kind of the underdog, the sixth seed. Can they, in this new playoff format, you know, make it all the way? That'd be pretty special. And their fans are pretty, they're pretty crazy. So I'm sure that place will be rocking, you know, throughout the middle of the series, and those are the games. they got to pick up two or three there that would have a chance of winning this World Series. All right, and let's bring it over to a little college football. 
And probably the game of the week, um, the most important one in terms of playoff ramifications was Clemson versus Syracuse at Death Valley. And, uh, you know, Sam, just walk us through the, the turbulence, the emotions of this one. Um, you know, obviously a very close game. Um, you know, Syracuse is a good team. Um, but, you know, I was expecting at least a – at least a 14-point win. I think that was the spread. Um, but, you know, anything can happen in college football. And, um, I mean, it was it was a difficult game to watch. Uh, but, you know, get the, t- or get the interception to end the game um, on a high note. Defense really got the job done. And uh, I think DJ is still the guy, despite Cade Klubnick coming in and, you know, supposedly saving the day. Um, not really, because he only threw four passes. Uh, I think, really, you give the award to the defense, and then Will Shipley, too, had an outstanding game. Yeah, after falling down by 18 points, you know, Clemson coming all the way back with a scoreless uh, defensive effort in the second half. Um and here is what Dabo Sweeney had to say on the removal of DJ. Um, he said, you know, sometimes even Michael Jordan uh, has a bad game. And, you know, that is, that is a, that's a wild comparison. Um, but, uh, you know. comparing Michael Jordan to DJ. Okay, but. He's still, you even st- the best have bad days. Yeah, but, okay. Okay, I'm saying it's a, it's a, it's a bold move, just to say the least. Not really. It is. Not really. Um, but, you know, is there a little bit of co- controversy QB-wise in Clemson, in Clemson's eyes? Are you 100% in on DJ, Sam? I am. Um, I mean, obviously DJ's had his fair share of bad games. Um, but, I mean, he's the guy. And, you know, if you don't have faith in him, then, you know, that's a disservice to him and – you know, his potential will never fold out. Um, so I think we still have to be faithful to our number one guy. Yeah, I mean, the, the stat line, 13 for 21, 138 yards, two interceptions, not great. But Clemson will have a bye next week, get the week off, sit up, sit up, sit back at 8-0, and they only need two more wins um, to clinch the ACC at are they Atlantic or they're the Atlantic, right? Yeah, okay. And uh, other big game of the week, uh, Texas going to Oklahoma State, got up 34-27, but gave up two late touchdowns to OSU as OSU wins 41-34. Uh, Sanders uh, with uh, 391 yards, two touchdowns as a pick. Uh, Texas basically eliminated from playoff contention. They could they could be considered a team that could have had you know a two-loss you know, playoff berth, but they were unable to get it done. Uh, OSU still at six and one, maybe a little bit of hope there. They're ranked ninth in the nation. They will go at Kansas State, who's five and two next week. But Texas has bye, and you know it's becoming clearer and clearer that it could we could see a UNC Clemson ACC championship. You know, that's the last kind of big pillar, um, last difficult game in the regular season for Clemson, and uh, yeah, you know, game still and Miami, Miami not so much. Uh, Miami not so much, but. Notre Dame, yeah. Notre Dame could be a challenge. At Notre Dame. Okay. So, but the major roadblocks, no ranked teams left on the docket. 
I mean, I, I, f- I feel like Notre Dame's uh, pretty major. I mean, it's difficult to play at Notre Dame. That's true. Regardless. Um, they started top 10, so I feel like it can't be that bad. You make you make good points. Um, you know, they're definitely a talented team. But I feel like, you know, and that's a non-conference game. Yeah. So, I guess major so. conference roadblocks aside. He doesn't check me there. And, uh, you know, this is, you know, becoming the clear, most likely matchup. Obviously, UNC still has to play Wake and State. Um, you know, those are two ranked games. Got to go at Wake. You know, that is definitely, you know, not a game, you know, that I think would be confident in any team maybe except for Ohio State to win. Um, so that's just that's just how it goes. Um, and Sam, you know, kind of looking ahead to next week's matchups, uh, let's take a look at what we got around the country in week number nine. Um, Ohio State-Penn State, big noon game at Penn State. Sam, does Penn State have a chance in this no, matchup? they don't. After what Michigan did – to Penn State, no chance. Even though Ohio State isn't as run-heavy as Michigan is? Ohio State is significantly better than Penn State on all levels of football. Defense, running game, even though they're not run-heavy or they're not a, they don't have a strong running game. I mean, Michigan decimated Penn State. And I think maybe it'll be a tiny bit closer. Probably not, though. I think Penn State just gets blown out. Well, I mean, they hit their first better on all levels. Um, like I mentioned, that Oklahoma State TCU, I mean, excuse me, Kansas State game is still looming. Um, you know, as well as you got Tennessee going taking against Kentucky. Uh, are the Vols vulnerable in this matchup against the Wildcats, Sam? Is it at Kentucky? It is at uh, Tennessee. No. Um, okay. Kentucky's going to get it handed to them. They might score 20 points, but Michigan or Tennessee's going to score 70. Well, is the nature of um, you know, college football in this modern age, you know. You only need a strong defense to win games, but you know that Tennessee Georgia matchup coming up in 2 weeks, excited for that one. Yeah. Um, and now we take a look at the NFL and the surprise win of the week. The Carolina Panthers absolutely destroyed Tom Brady. 21 to 3, only the third time in his career he's only scored third three points in a game that he's, you know, started. I mean, you know, Carolina Panthers, only one game out of the division lead. Uh, they're going to Atlanta next week. If they win that game, then we, we can start talking, even though they just traded Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers and they traded Robbie Anderson. Um, you know, there's a little bit of life in this team, a little bit of life. Um, but the Steelers do not have any life. Um, they got absolutely emasculated in the second half. Um, you know, by the Miami defense, you know, they are held scoreless, still a tight game, 16-10, but they fall at two and five as well and have to go to Philadelphia next week. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's going to be a tough one. Uh, the Buccaneers take on the Ravens and, uh, the Dolphins will go to Detroit. So a little bit of life in the Panthers, you know, uh, PJ Walker getting the start, you know, feeling confident. You know, he made some great passes to DJ Moore last week, and uh, the Panthers said they're sticking to their guns, keeping Brian Burns. They were offered a first-round pick for him, but they said no. These are the people we want to build around. Uh, so that's a strong move, you know, to be resilient. And, uh, you know, I like, the, I like the direction the team's going. Um, you know, we feel more disciplined now. You know, we feel like we have a, a sense of 
you know, not necessarily identity yet, but we have a more of a sense of, you know, who we are as opposed to even the beginning of the season we were projected to be an all right team. And now it's time to turn to the NBA, Sam, kicking it off. And your optimism turned out. The Hornets did go 2-1. and one. Uh, Did you see this coming at all? Um, I mean, obviously we both predicted the Hornets would beat uh, the Spurs. But, you know, I predicted we would beat the Pelicans and predicted we would lose to the Hawks. So vice versa there. Um, but, I mean, without LaMelo Ball, I can't say that I did predict this. Um, I didn't expect it to happen. Obviously, I did quote-unquote predict it. But, um, you know, I didn't see it coming. Yeah, and I mean, it was just a dominant opening game. Uh, and, you know, it, it hurts me so deeply. But the truth of this, the Hornets play so much better when Gordon Hayward is on the floor. He is the floor general that this team needs. I know LaMelo is the passer, but Gordon Hayward is that common presence, spaces everybody out. And, um, you know, he is the force that the Hornets needed. And, I mean, obviously, you know, Jonas Valanciunas literally turned into prime Shaq as compared to Mason Plumley in that game against the Pelicans. You know, that's tough to see that home loss. But two wins on the road, especially in Atlanta, that's a great win right there. Oubre's playing well. And Player of the Week, shout-out Nick Richards. You know, he has looked like a prime Rashid Wallace, uh, to say this week. I mean, just putting up those 20 and 10 games, been very solid. And he's kind of blossomed into, you know, what could be, you know, the starting center if you want to move Plumlee. Um, but obviously, um, you know, we turn to next week, got going to Madison Square Garden, then going to Orlando, then the Warriors defending champs at home, and then the Kings at home. Sam, record prediction for the week. All right. I'm going to look optimistically. I'm going to say a win against the Knicks. I know that's not likely. I'm going to say a win in Orlando. A loss to the Warriors. Who was the last game? The Kings. And then hopefully a win against the Kings. That would be embarrassing. That would be embarrassing, yes. Um, That's pretty optimistic. I would be... Uh, wildly impressed. Uh, Lamelo could come back for that Warriors game, I believe, is what I'm hearing. Um, so interesting stuff there. I mean, if the Hornets could find a way to go five and two, I mean, that would be just incredible uh, to get that start. And I do got a shout out. Uh, team of the week, Portland Trailblazers. They go four and zero, even though you know they kind of kept the same team from last year. Damian Lillard has been excellent. They are, along with the Bucks, the last two undefeated teams remaining in the NBA. And worst team of the week has got to be the Lakers. They're shooting 21% from three. LeBron and Anthony Davis are an amazing one-two punch, but 13-10, they might be the worst 13-10 roster in the NBA. They have no shooters. Their defense has been pretty good, but they just, uh, Russell Westbrook is playing terribly. I mean, it's sad to see it because I feel like, you know, he gets a lot of hate from the fans. You know, the whole Westbrook thing last year that's kind of come back. You know, people are yelling at him, do not, you know, shoot the ball and always pass it. And that's got to degrade your confidence. And then he makes the mistake against the Blazers where they're up and, you know, there's a lot of time left on the shot clock, and you know, with 40 seconds left. And he, you know, airballs the mid-range, you know, Jay. And, I mean, what can you say about the guy? You know, it's crazy to think that three years ago he was, like, averaging a triple-double and everybody just was like, it's nothing. 
And now, you know, it's tough to see him struggle, um, but that's just the way it is. You know, when you play in Los Angeles, you know, the spotlight is shining, and uh, it's it's shining a little too bright for him, I think. And uh, it's going to be tough for him to ever get back to that confident point, but, uh, you know, that is what it is. Um, so exciting week of basketball. Um, also want to talk about the Jazz have been great, you know, with Jordan Clarkson um, and Larry Markkinen just cooking it up. Um, the Sixers are struggling. Um, I do want to ask you, Sam, about this. Uh, James Harden is currently getting 30 more touches per game than Joel Embiid. You know, like time sucks the ball, literally. And they're 1-3. Do you think this has to change, or do you think they can run it like those teams in Houston um, and be successful with Embiid? Well, I don't understand why you would do it this way. I mean, Joel Embiid is probably top – three in the league um so why would you focus on shooting the three ball or shooting outside shots when you can work it into the middle with probably the best big man in the league yeah i mean yeah i mean it's just really it's they have a difficult situation i just feel like this is okay to run it with james harden but with this personnel, I just don't see that this is the best move necessarily for them. But, I mean, I mean again, they have a young team, but they, they just don't have the shooters. You know, they need to get the ball to Joel Embiid, and that's just not yeah. happening. And that's why they're 1-3. and three. You know, they've suffered some tough losses, but their defense has been atrocious. Oh, my. They gave, like, 130 points to the Celtics. Like, you're just not going to win like that. Um, but talking about defense, shout-out to Dennis Smith, Jr., uh, he probably won't get many minutes when LaMelo comes back, but he is the highest-rated defensive efficiency of any player in the league over the first week. So that's very impressive. Shout him out for that. Um, but exciting slate of games. Obviously, I love watching games in Madison Square Garden. And, uh, you know, that's going to be a big game. Maybe, you know, I'll, I'm going to say this is the coming-out party um, for Nick Richards. If he wants to make a statement and, and prove that he deserves to be starting, it is this game. Because, you know, he might have to spend some minutes, you know, guarding uh, Julius Randle. Uh, could spend some minutes guarding Obi Toppin. He said, you know, he's got some impressive defensive assignments he's got to you know, really latch on to to really make an impact. So exciting stuff. Sam Carter hits you with a 3-1 prediction. I'm going 2-2 two and two this week. I think that next game is going to be a loss. But anything's possible in the NBA. Anybody can win any game. That's what I always say. And now let's turn our attention to some of North Carolina's early matchups. Obviously, the season doesn't start uh, for a couple of weeks, but uh, first matchup against UNC Wilmington. Uh, so you get to see the Tar Heels there on Monday, the seventh at nine p.m. Um, early game against Indiana. You know, ranked thirteenth in the nation at Indiana in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Sam, what's the level of concern there? Um, I mean this this is a game that you know, shows if we are, you know, a good team or if we're, you know, national championship team, um, you know, so early in the season. I mean, obviously you can't predict that yet, but um, I think that it'll – this is a game that could set the tone for the season. Um, And, you know, I don't really know much about Indiana – yeah, I mean they're kind of a new. Yeah, they're. In, I mean they're a new team. You know, a lot of young recruits. Um, you know, it's it's gonna be tough. I think you analyzed that perfectly. Uh, but you know, Assembly Hall is gonna be rocking, 
And uh, I do want to mention um, the last piece kind of retired to college basketball in the NBA. If you haven't heard about Victor Wimignana, you got to look him up because the seven foot four guy from France, he's coming in and he's going to be the number one pick. Um, he, anybody, you need to look him up right now. I don't care if your name is Sam Carter. I don't care if your name is Joe Carter and you live in Australia. Look him up because he is sensational and I think he could change the NBA. Um, I think that everybody is in the sweepstakes um, for him. You know, if you're going to tank, do it for him because I think this guy, I mean, he could be a really big bust. You know, we have seen foreign players who are really tall. We think they can shoot, you know, turn out poorly, but I think he has a chance to change the game of basketball. It's a big proclamation, but I believe it. Um, Sam, any final thoughts on, you know, crazy college football week and then you got the first week of the NBA? Alright, not quite. Well, that is going to do it for episode number 95 of Cardinal Lowry. You hear from us next Tuesday.